Welcome, everybody. This is the Essentially Blue Podcast with your new host, Wraith Razor. I'm also here with Abbas. Asked about us. Judah. Yeah, yeah, I'm here, man. I'm doing good. <laughs> and finally, one of the worst people on this podcast, SO Live and Direct. <laughs> hello, hello, everybody. How's everyone doing, man? So we will begin with the review of Bournemouth. What did everybody think of the lineup? Um, well, um, personally, yeah. Um, I don't know. I think this was an okay lineup. Although I, I, I didn't understand why um, Chaluba was playing at right back. Or well, I guess it didn't do too bad at the end of the day. And um, yeah, it was an okay lineup. I mean, finally we got to see um, Modric starting, and you know, um, Madueke in the starting lineup as well. And um, yeah, I mean, it was an okay lineup. There were there wasn't too many complaints. So yeah. Um, I I wasn't really uh, upset at Chalaba being right back because I knew that Aspi's <laughs> last performance at right back was a bit shocking. So. I knew it was going to be Chalaba because obviously Reece James is out um, injured. So Chalaba wasn't really upset. Like, it didn't really upset me. But um, I was happy to see that Kovacic got dropped because he needed to get dropped. He was just pass- He was just being a passenger. And he's been a passenger for the last couple of months. So I'm, I'm actually very happy that he got dropped. Um, I was actually quite excited to see Madweke and... Also, Mudrik start as well. It's a bit of a shame because throughout the game, Mudrik was starved of service. So, it is what it is there. Um, and apart from that, um, I think Kai Havertz was up top. The striker situation is it is what it is at this point. You know, that you just got to pick. You got you got to pick your poison at the end of the day. Do you want do you want fluidity up top, but zero goals, or do you want a goal threat? Up top, but zero fluidity. So that's that's literally what it is between Aubameyang and ha- um, Havertz. But um, yeah, are those really our only options, though? I mean, we've got young Datro for Fana, but um, he's been playing with the under twenty ones. So is he really ready for Premier League first team football? Oh, has he actually been like playing with the under twenty ones? Yeah, he's been playing with the under twenty ones. Yes. Uh, okay. You bring, you bring um, on Joe Felix in like eight second minutes or so. He starts showing movement, movement that we didn't see for the whole game. No, but boss, we're talking about the lineup because if we go into that, we'll be talking about like the game. So I just want to know what everybody's thoughts on the initial lineup before we talk about what happened in the game. I mean, I'll never support Harvest starting in the game, to be honest, but I'm there with you, but. So, would you rather prefer Aubameyang to start up front? Rick, I would rather anybody, anybody that can drive with the ball. I feel like, you know, we're playing one-man shots when Harvest starts. So, do you think Aubameyang can drive with the ball? Forget Aubameyang. He, he should never wear his shirt for a second, obviously. But I mean, like... No, but those are the two options you have. You either have Aubameyang or Harvest, because it's not going to be Dasho Havana. Could be Felix. 
could be moderate. That's fair. Drake. <laughs> Pardon me, wait, what? You want Modric to play first night? What about the other position? Because I feel like people had problems with Gallagher in midfield and Chalaba, anybody? Any issues, anybody um, in the midfield? Um, for Gallagher, yeah, I mean... Uh, I mean, he scored a goal, so and he was okay today, actually. So you can't really criticize the guy. But in no, I'm saying, like, when you saw his name on the team sheet, like, what did you think? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like, actually, yeah, when I saw his name on the team sheet, I, I, like, I think, like, um, Esso said, I was just happy like Kovacic wasn't playing because Kovacic has been us, like, he has been literally stinking the pitch for like five games or so now that he has been playing, you know. So, yeah, I mean, I couldn't complain as far as it's meant that, um, you know, Kovacic was on the bench because if Gallagher wasn't going to play, then it would have been probably maybe Loftus-Cheek or something. And we know that Lampard hasn't, like, Loftus-Cheek hasn't played, hasn't had minutes for a while. So, yeah, it's, it's made sense that it had to be Gallagher starting. So, yeah, I mean, there was no complaint in that um aspects for me just because um, it meant that Kovacic was on the bench. So, yeah. So, when I saw the lineup, I looked at it and I was like, well, uh, Madueke and Madrid start, so I'm happy about that. Um, deserved. I saw Gallagher and I think that's the biggest issue I had um, because also... So, would you rather add um, Kovacic starting then? No, I but think... I would actually rather have <laughs> Ruben loves a sheik over Gallagher. Um, it's not hard minutes, man. It's not that's my, true. Me personally, my biggest issue with the midfield is that you've got the wrong players doing the wrong jobs. Like, oh yeah, hundred percent. For example, Kante should never be at the ten position, and Enzo should shouldn't be our deepest player, especially because he's our most progressive player with the ball. He's the one in that midfield that we have that can actually pick out a pass. That can actually hit a runner in behind, you know. So I think having him being the deepest player, but also if you're gonna have him be the deepest player, at least give him support there. So when he, um, I know it's when he picks up the ball, uh, especially off the defense, he's oftentimes isolated and oftentimes gets pressed because he doesn't really have many outlets. He couldn't, like for example, the game last week against Arsenal. Kovacic was hiding and Kovacic was not showing for the ball at all. Every time Enzo would have to pub, either pass it back to the defence or try switch play. But um, yeah, if I wanted to talk about what I noticed differently at the end of this game, then we'll have to obviously talk about that later on in the podcast. Um, Midfield Gallagher. I, I think my biggest issue was if you're going to start Gallagher, I'm thinking, okay, I would rather have Zachariah probably met midfield in a pivot with Enzo because that just makes sense because he's like he's labeled the midfield octopus so he can go for it and go back. And then if you want, you could do the container thing, 10 thing, but at least now you have somebody covering the ground for Enzo. Um, but it's fine. Um, but one thing I didn't want to see at least uh, lineup wise was at least Connie on the bench or Zachariah on the bench and I don't know if it's because Zachariah isn't going to be here at the end of the season. So I'm like, okay, you know, 
that might be the reason you're not playing him. But then again, in the game, we saw a certain Hakim Ziyech, who everybody knows is leaving, wasn't there. So I don't know. I think it's a bit different with Ziyech and um, a lone player like Zachariah. Because Ziyech, if he gets game time, it's, we're essentially shopping him. Like, we're essentially yeah. doing a show. I mean, he got an assist, man. Yeah. And um, for Zachariah, we don't have anything. to. You don't, need, you don't have any incentive to play him. Because he can, he's just gonna go back to Juventus. Juventus. So I, I don't. I want to call into question how. I think it might. I think it could be good business to actually sign Zakaria for like what twenty mil could even be less. Given yeah, twenty twenty five. If we're willing to negotiate, even less given Juventus's um, financial problems, right? We could probably get a player of that quality for cheap. But the thing is. The thing about him that worries me is his fitness. It's either his fitness or he's just not being selected. I don't know which one it is. Yeah, his fitness. The thing is, like, if we look at his his track record and when he plays, besides the Brighton game, because he was shambolic. But then again, he was playing long six and he was playing against Brighton. But um, his fitness overall, his performances overall, his fitness has been bad, but his performances have been good. Um, so, fine. If you don't want to put him on the bench, that's cool. But... Connie, a guy who like we're hearing reports that Frank is impressed with him, he doesn't even get a look on the bench. Like I don't know, I don't get that. But that's kind of my biggest pet peeve with it. But overall, the 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 lineup was as good as it could be, um, given the plays we had. Um, now, the next thing we're going to talk about is goal numero uno, Conor Gallagher. Cheddar. Anybody has anything to say about that? Um, yeah, so I mean, it was a it was a it was a well worked goal, and um, he actually like took the header well. Like, I mean, he took it like uh, a striker per se, you know, like he added it well. And yeah, it was a good cross from from Kante as well. I mean, in as much as <laughs> we're all um, lamenting and saying like, what's Kante doing going forward? That much and all that. I mean, at the end of the day, he was he had an assist, and I think he had like over ninety percent pass completion in this game. So, so yeah. yeah, so yeah. I mean, fair play to fair play to Kante and to Gallagher as well because Gallagher for one gets a lot of stick from you know the fan base and you know mixed opinions basically. But I'm from one that I personally don't don't mind the guy staying and being a squad player. But so yeah, it was nice to see him get you know another goal again, and yeah, it was a good goal. Yeah, yeah with that goal, I was Kante doing his best Reese James impression. I won't lie to you because that was <laughs> the cross. I never expected that from Kante, man. A cross yeah, like I didn't that, either. pinpoint. I've never, I've never expected that from Kante. That just goes to show what a phenomenal player the man is. And Gallagher, he, he was a good header, man. It was a good header. He took it up. His movement was elite too. On yeah, it was a good movement. I mean, I'll say it like, uh, great exactly. movement. The box, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so it's a good movement for me. Do you know what it is? I think because he's got, he's got an instinct for goal. Like he's got an instinct for goal. Even though, as much as I do not rate the player personally, I do have to say he is one of those goal scoring type players who makes those runs into the box, makes intelligent runs into the box. So if you can pick him out, you can find him, and he'll probably score. He's one of our He's one of the only players that actually 
is somewhat of a goal threat right now in the squad. So there's that. I actually, it was a it was a pretty good goal to be fair. Um, but yeah, for me, I'm just saying Kante deserves ninety percent of the plaudits for that goal because that was a ball and a half. Okay, boss. Anything to say about the first goal? Yeah, like talking about Kante, I noticed that he's like he spent most of the match on that right wing. It was kind of like an overload over there, like um, Chaloba, Kante, Adweke, like I like three players on the right wing. Most of them, like, it was a funny one. I expected, you know, if anyone was going to give him crosses, it was going to be like Madweke, but. I can't see as this in the local, like I was trying to see. He has that Pogba type of pass, even though he's not like as lazy when he drops it as Pogba. Actually puts enough efforts. Yeah, it was it was perfect. Uh, I didn't know he had that. Okay, now let's talk about what really matters. The Equalizer by Bournemouth. Judah. Take it away. Um, yeah, sorry, can you hear me? Yeah, yeah, we can. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So um um yeah, the equalizer. <laughs> um, I don't know, like when it went and I was just like, uh, here we go again, like <laughs> memories of um Brighton, you know, creep back in and I was like, okay. They're they're going to bottle this again, aren't they? And I mean, like as the game went on, like we all know that okay, we actually got lucky for them not bottling it. But yeah, we won't get get into that now. But yeah, as as the equalizer went in, I was like, so it's just like you know that feeling of yeah. I mean, can't can't be asked, you know, like <laughs> so. But yeah, and um, the goal. Uh, <laughs> It's similar to to the kind of goals they were considering against us now. Like nobody um, taking responsibility for their man, and no one, you know, closing down exactly, and you know, just letting players have free shots as goal inside the box. It's in like you know, nobody nobody making an attempt to even like close the guy down properly, and you know, it ends up in people blaming Kepa for. Um, you know, consider another long shot and stuff like that. But sometimes I feel for the guy because they're not exactly, you know, um, they're not exactly what's it called. Uh, don't know what the, what the word is like. They're not exactly um covering his flaws or something. Yeah, let me put it that way because you know they just let players have a free shot at goal and yeah, that was how the goal came about. But but yeah. yeah so to be fair, Kepler has conceded what five long shots in five games. It's kind of crazy. But there's nothing he could have done about today's own though. Like <laughs> there's nothing he could have. I think done. it was off his line a little bit, but I'll I'll just leave it alone for Kepa. You know what I'm saying? Because don't keep yeah. saving that man. It's <laughs> just something about Kepa and conceding long shots. Man. Yeah, it's comical. Even if his one is not really his fault, it's just it's weird how the two go together so well. It's just. Yeah. Yeah, but that's the same. Like that's what I'm saying. I, in my opinion, I don't think. Like I would say, probably maybe more than half the time, or half the time, it's not like even about Kepa. It's about the defense. It's about the players. Like I mean, 
today's gold is a typical example. There's nothing Kepa could have done to stop that going in. And like I said, in my opinion, I don't even see any keeper stopping that shot. So like Couture, you know, Kotoa yeah. stopped that shot, yeah. Kotoa is a freak, bro. He's not normal. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Literally just made my points. Kotoa is a freak, like that's the point. <laughs> so that goal, I don't really blame Kepa. It's just quite it's just funny. Every game he he has to consider long shot, but with that goal, it's really like players just aren't tight on their man. Like they were allowing Bournemouth to actually play the like pop the ball around us. It just weren't yeah. tight. It was like we were too reactive. There wasn't anyone trying to step in and cut out a pass or do make a read and you know get there first. They were just too reactive. Everyone just looked like they were watching Bournemouth play. And but there were, that wasn't the only time. That's the only time we got punished for that. But that's what I've noticed under Frank. We've seemed to lose defensive stability, and now we just yeah, it's, it just doesn't look good again. Because we used to have the third best defensive record in the league. No, we still do. We still do. We still, but now we we're now do. we're leak, now we're actually leaking goals. Before we weren't really. Before it would be it would be rare to see Chelsea concede more than one goal in a game, you know? But nowadays, we got slapped for... for how much did we get slapped by um, Brighton? Two? Two-one. Two-one? Then we got uh, slapped three-one by Arsenal. That'd be five. Bro, do you know what I mean? Like, usually we are defensively resolute and you ha- you'd have confidence in our defence. But these days, under Lampard, I have no form of confidence in anything. Because I see I think how this is. This game specifically, and I don't want to, I don't want to blame people, but I see is like number one, you have Frank and his setup. So these players are already playing in a system they don't normally play, which is a four-three-three, and the way he's using Madueke, um and uh, Chalaba, because Chalaba's playing right back, but you can tell he's very unfamiliar. So sometimes he's caught lacking, and Madueke is supposed to be tracking back. So he's probably thinking, okay, Madueke is supposed to be tracking this guy. And I saw it because Vina was a left back, or well, I don't know what he is, but he's on Madueke's side, and Madueke lost him every single time. Every time they look dangerous on that that side is because they were exploiting Madueke's lack of tracking back of Vina or whoever's on that left hand side. That's why they were getting joy the whole time. And then Silva, that's my guy, but. Um, I don't know maybe if he was affected by, let's say, Madweke and um, what's his face? Uh, Chalaba being on that side and being like Madweke now tracking back and Chalaba being unfamiliar in the right back position. But he he looked, he was very exposed to that. Uh, I think that's a part of what happened in that, that, that first goal we conceded. Abbas, you have um, anything to say? That's today about um, Chaka Silva, yeah, because I've seen like quite a number of people, you know, trying to bash Thiago Silva and all that. And I'm like, I don't know how people um, are so reactive and stuff because if this guy is fucking 35 or how old is he now? Like, he's... He's 38 or 39. So, yeah, can you imagine? Like, so, I mean, you need to, he needs to have some sort of cover. Like, if, if you, if they just, like, keep letting players drive our team or you know um like you know wave of attack after attack like at the end of the day yeah the guy is even though i know he has proved to be a superman at times but 
<laughs> like he can't just keep it up and keep saving us or saving us some stuff. So I mean, they people need to like cut him some slack, man. And yeah, just just feel like I mean, what defenders we have is Kulibali. Like <laughs> Kulibali would be way worse than what Tago Silva is, you know, producing for us right now. So I I just feel like is is um is um. He's done his best, and yeah, it's, it's towards the ending of the season. It's been a long season for him as well, and you know, it's probably not just um, 100% right now. But yeah, this is what it is. No, personally, I don't, I don't feel it's a Thiago Silva issue or it's any individual player's type of issue. I blame all of this on Lampard, to be honest. I feel like he has no real structure. There's no real defense yeah. 100%. plan. Because this okay, forget about even the tactics. Let, let's talk about like some certain types of coaches like man like Thomas Tuchel. He has this um he instills this arrogance into people, all this um you can't concede, you get like the defense is just all of a sudden solid. Like we had Alonso in there and we we're keeping clean sheets. We had bare madmen like every is James didn't play most of the games, did he? Sometimes that's pretty clear. So well, like, this season or last well, season? Last, last season, like I'm talking about previous no. coaches. Like we had coaches that, regardless of the personnel in the team, they still play ball. They still hold it down because there was a structure. Everybody knew where to cover. Everybody like had a shape at the back. The way Bournemouth were running us ragged, especially through that right wing. Uh, they split us multiple times, like they saw us open, just lucky that, you know, they didn't finish like one or two of the chances. So I blame all this on Lampard, to be honest. It feels thing, it's kind of disorient, it's, it's very scattered, like what's happening with Enzo? Is he meant to be our last line of defense or something? Like, I'm not sure what's happening in that midfield, but it's not working out. Yeah. You know what was funny about the whole Enzo thing? Because even though Kante for like 90, 70, 80% of the game was playing as a 10, there were so many times where he would go back and then Enzo would kind of roam into actual central midfield and we look way better when that was happening. And that's when, because I remember when we came out the second half, we just, we pressurized the hell out of them. And we did that the most when Kante was much further back and Enzo was a little further forward. And then when we went back to the old setup, they just pressurized us back again. Um, and again, that's that's because Lampard doesn't know what he's doing. So, I mean, everything we're seeing, I feel like it's a tax. It's Lampard tax, you know what I'm saying? Um, that's what I see it as. Um, I'm going to skip the second goal that we scored because, you know, set-piece cross from Ziyech, simple stuff. Unless anybody wants to talk about it. Nobody. This has us in his locker any day at the time. Yeah. The third goal. A lot of nice build up on that left hand side. Anybody? I know people have things to say about this one. I don't think there's much to say, is there? But I'll like, except from the fact that it was a um, good run from um, Stalin. Like, you know, um, it was positive and it drove out the defense, although, like, they were kind of. Backing off as well. I mean, mm-hmm. 
there's sort of like allowed him, you know, to drive at them. But yeah, I mean, fair play to him. He actually, you know, took the opportunity to drive at the defense. And yeah, and it was a nice um, layoff to, to Felix as well. And for all the stick that Felix gets about his um, end product and this and that and blah, 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 like, I'm actually, you know, was actually happy for him to see that he actually took um the chance well and it was a first time shot as well i mean those are not like easy to to, to score so yeah i mean it was a good goal all, all around and um i'm personally happy for for felix yeah because um he gets a lot of stick like i said about his end product so yeah it was nice to see him scoring and that's three goals for him <clears throat> in like a shit chelsea team and you know like we all the we all the um different stuff that has been going on around him so yeah anybody have anything else to say about the the third goal we scored yeah i want to talk about like do you see how clean movements is when felix is in the team you see how he moved like didn't run too far tried to get ahead of the line like he knew right like sometimes some people just know the right thing to do Selling is running, you're, you're not trying to like create an impossible pass for him to try and pick out. Man like Harvest, I'm 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 very sure even if he got that ball, like he'll maybe try and pass it back or something like I'm not saying that he's not a good player. He's he's a great attacking midfielder, probably. He's kind of like Ozil. Like you're playing Ozil in strike, but like without the creativity, so just roams around most of the time and Okay, let me say without the confidence too, to be honest, because he passes it a lot sometimes when he should like actually just wipe it. Yeah, like I have a big problem with habits every time he starts. I, I feel like every game that I've watched Felix starts, at least he'll be one on one, one once or twice. He'll try and lob the keeper, maybe hit the bar, but definitely has that movement about him. He knows the right place to be and he knows how to take his shots like what I want to see from a forward player. Okay. Now on to the juicy, 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 juicy news. 007. This entire season, United fans have been trying to shift that to our players. They try to do it to Mudrick. Mudrick got an assist on the seventh game. They try to shift it to Medweke. Medweke got a goal on his seventh game. And Frank Lampard, ironically, has managed to beat the 007 allegation. How does everybody feel about that? I mean, <laughs> um, <laughs> going into the game, I I I was I must say I wasn't confident for for Lampard. <laughs> I mean, if he lost, it was going to be like the, the worst record of a manager since 1926 or something like that. Like, you know, so, you know, I mean, it's not been crazy if, if, if we didn't beat Bombers today. But yeah, luckily for him, the, the players um, dug him out of that one. And yeah, Lampard, Lampard gets teams out of relegation. It's, it's done it again. It's done it again. Super Frank. <laughs> super, super Frank. Um, also, um, I was going to talk about something very important. Um, 
Yes, the penalty. Thiago Silva in the, the box. Penalty. The, yeah, the possible the penalty. Um, do you think that was a penalty when he went to slide in on Solanke, I think it was, and it looked like he caught his foot? Do you think they should have given that? Um, so, in my opinion, yeah. I, I don't know. It's it's a bit 50-50, yeah, in my opinion. And I feel like why um, VL didn't give it was because the referee initially didn't give it. So it's one of those where, like, if the referee initially gave the penalty, VR won't be overturning it. But because, like, in the referee's view, he, he didn't give the penalty and it wasn't a penalty, that I feel like that's why um, we got lucky and, you know, VR decided not to, like, overturn the referee's decision. So I don't know. It's, it's, it's a bit, like, 50-50 to me, in my opinion, because... Yeah, yeah, it's a bit 50-50, but I know I've seen people saying that it was 100% a penalty and stuff like that, that we got lucky, but, but yeah, I don't know. Probably, probably, but has something else to say. I mean, come on now. That was never a penalty. I'm trying to be realistic here. I'm trying to make um, the game hard. To make Premier League tough and physical and all that, why people falling over anyhow? Just stand up. Okay. Um, player performances. Uh, I was gonna do. Who is your donkey or donkeys of the match? Like, who did you watch the game and think, okay? These were the uh, worst uh, players on our pitch. Come on, man. We won today, man. After, like, how many games? <laughs> we're not doing donkeys today, bro. Nah, nah, okay, nah. so no donkeys. Okay, badass. Do you have any donkeys? Have it. Okay. I don't know if uh, SO is still there. Do you have any donkeys? Yeah, I think he's buying food then. Um, donkeys of the match. Oof, do I have any? Not really. I'm not here to do agenda. Um, <clears throat> I have the Henny out right now uh, because we won a game and we're safe from relegation. Um, you may not be a Henny person. You might like Dom Perignon vodka. You know, white. I don't know what you guys drink, but I need you guys to just, as you listen to this podcast, get a tiny glass out and whatever you drink, pour it in a cup. Raise your glass and say we're staying up and take a sip because we are safe from relegation. Um, who is your standout of the match or man of the match? You can do either or both because, you know, we're here. Um, that's a tough one. Um, okay, standout of the match. Um, I'll do both actually. So like, stand out. So you can do multiple. So you can say these are the standout players for me, or like, and then you can uh, also yeah, do yeah. man of the match if you want to do. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I, yeah. I don't know. I think I only have one standout, anyways. And uh, that's that's Madueke. So yeah, I think um, yeah, I think Madueke was like um standout player of the match. Um, yeah. I think that will be my standout of the match. While um, player of the match, um, I think I'll go Kante. Yeah, so player of the match, um, I'll give Kante. While standout of the match, um, it's Madueke. But like, I mean, with Madueke, yeah, I mean, we all see that 
the talent is there and you know it just needs like a proper coach or like a proper a proper attacking coach or something you know like to get it out to get the end product out of him because a lot of the times is final like decision making and um end product was was not there at all in today's game so i probably hopefully like with more minutes he gets and you know the more his confidence grows and you know the more he will improve on those aspects but yeah so he was my starters of the match and the man of the match is this Kante here okay i'll say my standards of the game would be both Madweke and Badiashil because you know I felt like he was very active, very solid. Kept on sticking a foot in like that, that that time he almost extended his knee or whatever, like when he tried to like stretch for a ball. As him using his height to like the max. I really loved how he played, like he got a goal too, so I mean that's that's a bonus, but he looked very solid. I liked him. He and Madweke, obviously. Madweke has no fear. Taking on players every day. I love that. Mm. Madweke. Oh, this course about Madweke. It's funny. Um, How do I feel about Madweke? So, in the first half, I think he was, like, a best attacking player. And I think the standard match for me was by the issue. But I think with Madweke, um, one thing he does really well is he takes on, really pl- on players, um, which is very important. Um, and it's something we lacked. Um, but when it comes to when we say end product, it doesn't necessarily have to be like, oh, just a, f- a final pass. But I think just his decision making is, in my opinion, not as good as, you know, like a Mudrick. Because I see the if if Mudrick is in certain situations, he does make better decisions than Madueke. But then again, we bought Madueke for less. Um, but also his weaknesses when it comes to tracking back does affect like our defense. But that's just me just being critical of the player. I think overall, for somebody of his age, being thrown into a relegation fight and the way he played today, um, I have nothing but praises for him. Badia Shile plays like a guy who's 30, who's been playing in central defense. But, you know, he has been playing central defense at the top flight for five-plus years, so I have to give it to the guy. But Madueke is going to be a player for us, definitely. Um, and... Mudrick did not play well today, so he's probably closer to my don't kill the match. But him, I see the talent in him. He's gonna be he's gonna be a top top guy um, when it comes time. So I don't know the future is bright. Now it's on to our relegation or former relegation rivals, Nottingham Forest predictions. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Why do you keep saying we're in a relegation battle or we were in a relegation battle? We we were in a relegation battle. I don't I don't am I lying? <laughs> Guys, we were actually we actually were <laughs> under the threat of relegation until today. Bro, <laughs> am I lying? We were in a relegation battle, man. Like if not we because were, bro. of the magic of Lampard, right? Ma- magic of Lampard literally brought us out of relegation. No, no, you know, no, 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 no. <laughs> No, no, that man has only got us three points in about seven games. Three points in seven games. The mm-hmm. magic of that respect the awesome man. Respect the awesome man. He got Everton out of a relegation squad. I ain't respecting nothing. He got, ele- he got Everton out of a relegation battle to put them back in it. 
By the way, that guy's the worst manager I've ever seen in my life. Um, hey, no, 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 Frank. Frankie disrespect. We love him. He brought us out of the. We. I do not like Frank Lampard. Listen, I've made my agenda now. Listen, the player, yeah, I love Frank if, the player, but but Frank the manager is absolutely yeah, yeah. That guy's dogs, man, painful. Nottingham Forest. Before we go, well, not before we go, we probably have a couple of things. But predictions, score predictions. Seven nil to Nottingham Forest. Oh, for fuck's yeah. sake! <laughs> <laughs> now I'm joking. Um, I don't know. It's a tough one to predict, bro. Either way, we need the points. Do you know what I mean? Like, we need, we need three one points. Understand. They scored two goals against uh, Liverpool. Against who? Liverpool. Ah, uh, but every, anyone can score a goal against Liverpool, man. That's true. Except <laughs> well, so, what would you, what would you say about Chelsea? Then anybody can score a goal against us. Like, That's not necessarily true because our defense is good. But yeah, but that was against that was against that was against Potter and and Tuchel and Tuchel, man. This is <laughs> this is Frank Lampard. Bro. This is Frankie, super Frank. Oh my man. days, brother! I don't know what this Frank Lampard hype hive you've got going on, but it's scary. No, he's surely he hates Lampard. Like, I'm saying, I'm saying, he, he was saying like oh, we have a good defense, but I'm saying like the good defense record is because of. Potter and and um took out but like this is this is Lampard <laughs> so they disregard uh, disregard really the, good the, the, yeah yeah was. we weren't yeah we weren't considering too many goals man we we're just like you know considering the odd unlucky goals and also like we all know extreme chance you know <laughs> players you know for some reason not being able to convert chances that was just the unlucky you know parts of Potter's we know the reason because the time I don't know. His his style of football takes time. But he yeah, want, I mean, he didn't want to shift to a more pragmatic approach. When you think about it, yeah, it's crazy. Like that, he had the same issues with Brighton, and you know, he he transferred it over. Well, we had to identical to statistics to Brighton. Somebody did him side by yeah. side. <laughs> we had identical statistics to Brighton, which is hilarious. Yeah, I don't know how you do that, man. That's crazy. Because the, the, the... go ahead, bro. No, it's all right. You can you can go ahead, man. I was gonna say it's funny because everybody's argument was always if you give him a better team, he'll do way better, and he did the same. He's a different breed, man. He proved that if you gave him a better team, you do would you wouldn't do better. You actually do worse. <laughs> yeah, it, it, this is crazy, man. <laughs> oh man, but Forrest, I don't know. I mean, this is kind of the golden question. At this point, where we're safe from relegation, we've got four games left. Because no matter what happens, we're all we're waiting for is the manager. <laughs> Listen, guys, I, I don't want to sound crazy here because I felt like people didn't take the whole Frank Lampard can relegate seriously. It was a serious concern. I'm not joking when I say it. I was afraid we would be 16th, yes. 17th, 18th. Once in a while, some, some managers go on like 20 games without winning streaks, but it's not like, you know, it was a bad That's game. not. No, that doesn't happen. <laughs> no, that doesn't happen, bro. man. You get, sacked, you get sacked by game you 10, bro. By game 10, bro. <laughs> bro, I'm telling you, when you, if you look at our form under Frank Lampard, it's scary. Because even as much as I don't like GP, like, I can at least say, right, the odd game here or there, there'd be a win or a draw just, just to cut that out, bro. Lamps, I saw no light at the end of the tunnel, bro. Nothing. 
I was af- I was genuinely afraid we could get relegated. I don't know why people didn't take it seriously. They all just, just it was a game. From who? Lampard? Yeah. What is his style of football? You'll find out. <laughs> We've been trying to find out for three years, man. We still don't know. You know what? <laughs> um, let me tell you. Yeah, let me. So bro, like, he started. Of, he started of plays. Put out. Put out an eleven and vibes, man. Yeah, bro. Nobody knows. <laughs> no, his style of plays. Put out the wrong eleven and vibes. Bro, <laughs> doesn't even put out, out the, three six doesn't ones, put out the correct. The correct eleven, man. <laughs> you know, you since know he, when we were playing the three six one. Crazy. You know, since he moved away from that um, that that four five <laughs> that four six zero. Where we have no attackers, <laughs> you know. Ever since he moved away from that, he hasn't actually changed a single tactic. The reason no. why we're playing, the reason why we won this game, is because of personnel personnel changes. That's it. Nothing tactically. And do you know how bad it was tactically? You see, there was there was um, it was close to the end of the game where Ziyech had the ball and he was driving, and he dri- he he was driving past our own players. Enzo was coming back. I, I don't think you understand. Enzo was coming back and Ziyech ran past him. I, I don't understand. Where's the support, bro? What's going on? This guy is the definition of vibes, man. It was the definition of vibes. Nobody knows no, his tactics no. or his style Lampard, of play, philosophy, none of that. Lampard, yeah. Lampard is a special breed. <laughs> Yo, it's crazy. I've never seen a manager this bad in my life. Never. That's why I kept saying, guys, people thought I was joking when I said I want Bruno back. I definitely believe that Bruno Salto would have taken us to 50 points. Personally, that's what I believe. But we have Frank Lampard. Now we're safe from relegation. And Abbas, let's be honest, we were in a relegation scrap. Don't kid yourself. Um, so now that the season is basically over, like, are you looking forward to watching any of these games? Or are you going to watch any of these games uh, that are coming up? Because they don't Listen, really matter. Carney needs to play, man. And that's how you're going to get me to watch the game. <laughs> okay. So if you see Carney on the bench or, or in the starting 11, you're going to watch the game? No, I'm joking, bro. It's an addiction at this point. Um, um, I, can't, I can't help but watch Chelsea games, bro. Okay. Yeah, exactly. That's the thing. Um. So yeah, you were asking about Nottingham Forest prediction, yeah. Yeah. Um. So yeah, in my opinion, I, I personally don't don't see Chelsea winning that game. And the reason mm-hmm. why is because Nottingham Forest are literally like <laughs> they are literally fighting for every point, and you know yeah. they're fighting for their lives. And we all know that even when Chelsea were flying. We always struggle against teams that like badly need points and all that. So, <laughs> I mean, we we already got the forty-two points, and you know the the guys are already like all relaxed and stuff. So I I I personally don't see them um, beating Nottingham Forest. I, wait, are we? Is it Stamford Bridge or or? Uh, is yeah, it? it's home. It's at home. So yeah, maybe just because it's Stanford Bridge, they can probably like, get to draw like one one or something like that. But yeah, I I, I mean, to say from what they've <clears throat> shown us this season, I don't see them beating a team that badly need three points. Three one Chelsea. Inshallah, brother. 
Did he say three one Chelsea against Forest? Yeah. Hey, claim it, man. You gotta say man, bro. goals, bro. Like if you notice Chelsea, let not say we are are good, but we are not that bad. Yes. We were very bad today. Don't let the three goals we scored fool you. We were terrible in our setup. I don't know how we got away with that. We were terrible until we got that second goal. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Um, Personally, yeah. It's not even even me exaggerating. We were bad. We were getting dominated. Every Every time Bournemouth had the ball, they looked more positive than us, bro. Yeah, so um, I was just going to say, yeah, we we're bad today. And in my opinion, like, the only way we're probably going to get some um, three goals or something, like he's saying, is if, if Felix starts as, like, the first nine. And, you know, that bomb I've had, so <laughs> we don't start, don't start up top. And also, I, I mean, this might be controversial, but um, if Sterling also, like, starts on the left wing instead of um, Modric, then, then I feel like, okay, yeah, they can probably, you know, Go out and do something positive, but without that, I, I don't, I don't, I don't see them, see them scoring goals, man. I, I don't, I just don't see it. <laughs> I'll be honest. I think we'll score a goal. I just don't know if we're gonna beat Forest. Um, because again, they're in a relegation scrap. We have nothing to fight for. We're just waiting on the coach. Um, so they're gonna want it more than us. I want for the one one or no no. Possibly. Yeah, no, no, I think it's 1-1 one, one or 2-2, two, 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 something like that, yeah. Yeah, yeah, something like, like that. Two, two. Yeah. Ah, now the final, final question before we all leave. Will Pochettino be the next manager of Chelsea Football Club? I mean, if he isn't, then there's a serious problem. And, you know, if Pochettino doesn't become our manager, then we need to make a we need to have a special episode of the podcast to talk about the failures of the board mm-hmm. and i will i personally will be there frontline and center okay you will be crashing all kinds of corn bro okay sweet corn honestly fried corn, corn. fried corn do you know what i mean Boiled corn. corn i hear it yeah top corn i think um yeah, so I think that's a great end to the season for Chelsea Football Club for me. Um, we are now safe from relegation, really and I'm now watching the news. You guys really want push? <sighs> that's a great question, and that deserves a nuanced answer. In a perfect world, I would have taken Julian Nagelsmann. However, in terms of what they want, in terms of having a coach that presses aggressively in terms of having a coach that fits the players we're going to buy, the Nkunku's, and some of the other players we have, which are more like inside forwards, um, besides like the Mudrick and Madway cave them. And the pressing style we're going for, the attacking style we're going for, somebody who's been in the Prem and fits like the whole grow with the team thing, Poch is probably the best option at this point. So it is what it is. I'm, that's, um, you know. Yeah, he's, he's, he's 100% the best option out there. Like let's let's leave the old um Tottenham Hotspur bias aside. Like yeah. I feel like people are massively under underestimating or like underrating Poch. And I I I I mean I hundred percent believe. Okay, the name say hundred percent. Um, 
Well, let me just no, say, say with chess. I hate to present believe like um Poch is going to cook. Actually, like especially like with the players that we have, like um Rates just mentioned, you know, like the inside forwards like Modric, um, Madueke and um and the likes, and also like with Unkuku as an AM probably. So I I I hundred percent like believe he's going to cook, and if we get like the right midfielder, like a DM, which with probably a goalkeeper and a proper striker, then yeah, I see no reason why why if possible it doesn't even win like, you know, like um FA Cup or something or you know, some kind and of trophy in Apart from that, there are also like soft reasons why Poch would be a good fit, such as speaking languages yeah. that many of our players speak. Like I think Poch speaks Spanish, French and he speaks English, and I think there's one other language I'm forgetting. Argentine, he's, he's Argentine as well. So he's Argentinian, he's Argentinian so there's a link there with Enzo. Yeah. Um, yeah. He's also he's also got a good track record with improving young players, and also, again, he knows the league. So, I mean, he also comes with his physio, like his um phys- physio team, like the is head of physio or something like that. So yeah, and Poch yeah, his, actually, his fitness team is great. It Thank seems you. that Poch could be somewhat what we need in the short term to actually yeah, get stable our ship no instead of seeing us comp- continue to plummet. So I, I'm I didn't want him at first, but then I started looking into him. I mean I started looking into the reasons why we'd get him and also he is the best out of who's left. So See? I'm not complaining with Poch. I mean Poch is very much He's, he's too similar to Graham to me. Like he's too um, butteresque. He's very um, nice. Did I say? No, Poch not nice. You see that's wait, 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 wait. Let, let him cook. I want, I want to hear the cooking. <laughs> I want to hear. I don't understand why everybody's all about. Like he hasn't won anything that I've seen. Like I'm not seeing him like around that winner's mentality in no. any players. Like I've not. No, I think we need four new players. No, no, no. I feel we need four new no, no. players. That's all. Okay, wait. So now I'm gonna push back because even though this is my guy, I'm gonna have to use this to be a contrarian. So before a certain Thomas Tuchel came here, what did people like? Kind of look at him as because even though he's known as this great attacking coach, this great tactician, they just look at what he won, and all he'd won was um, the league with PSG, and then he'd taken them to a Champions League final. Kind of mirroring how Poch was before he came here. Now, honestly, I think tactically, Tuchel is clear of that guy in every aspect. Um, however, if we're just talking about TV, um, wouldn't Poch mirror him in those aspects if we're just looking at the body of work before they came to Chelsea? Um, aside that, yeah, I'm just going to um, debunk the fact that you said that Poch is like a nice guy or something. Like, bro, he's literally not a nice guy. Like, Poch is, is actually, like, far from being a, a nice Marino guy. And being... Yeah, sorry, come again. It's like a Moreno type of asshole. Is he someone that will shout at you, shout at everybody, like... No, but he, look, the thing is that, yeah, people forget that the reason why Poch was actually sacked from Tottenham, yeah, is because he got tired of um, Levy. And, like, he got tired of keeping up with, like... 
all the excuses and you know like back and leave up to the sports fans because you guys i mean people forget like most of these quotes that they bring up and all is just because of the club you was at and as a coach you always have to like um um, how do I put it? You have to conform to what the higher ups are telling you, isn't it? Like you direct him as a Tottenham coach, and you know one of their best. I think he's their second best coach in their history. You know to come out and just like bash the board or something, or say or say something like out of. I um, respect Conte Yeah, but that's the thing. Conte is not is not Poch. Like you need to understand that Poch is like. He was like held in high regard, man. He he's, he can't literally he couldn't have literally done what Poch did, um, or rather what Conte did, but, rather. You know, you so, know what's and, interesting, and Judah, that, when it comes to yeah. Poch, right? When it comes to him, I think it's crazy how every like if you go to players that don't even like play for him, like just off of what other players that who've been under him, they talk about how great of a man manager he is, and it's yeah, like okay. That doesn't necessarily make you a nice guy. It just means you're good with working with people. Because with Paul, he was the nice guy. And then Porch, in his case, he's the man manager. So he's not necessarily going to be soft. I don't know if he's soft, but given what I've heard, he's not seen as soft, but he's also not seen as too hard. So he's at the right tempo that the players seem to like warm up to. But Yeah, sorry. Sorry, just before we got out, I also like wanted to add to... Um... The Tukel, like example of Tukel, like another good example, like to back Poch up. Yeah, is like we all love Mario. Yeah, Mario went to touch him and didn't win anything. I know people will say like he had um, oh, a yes. final to play and he got all that, but there's no, there's literally no guarantee because they were playing Man City, isn't it? So like <laughs> there's no guarantee that he would have won that either. But anyways, the point, the fact remains that he didn't win anything with them. Conte also went there, didn't win anything. And Poch has gone to PSG and he has won something. So it's not like we even even if it's even if we like Poch hasn't won didn't want anything in his career. Like we literally had Sari. Sari hadn't won anything before coming to Chelsea. And in one bad. season, like literally one season, he won Europa League. So it like I don't bomb. know why people keep on what well, was an absolute bomb, but he won but he won an European trophy for it's us, like man. Wait, wait, did he say Sari is a bomb? Like, yeah, that's I, what I, said. I, I can't lie. Um, I can't lie. It's even with this argument that Poch isn't a winner. I mean, listen, with as much as it is true, the man also has context in his resume because he was a Spurs manager, and everyone knows it's impossible to win at Tottenham. Yeah. He took them as far as they could possibly go, Champions League final and second place finish. With a team that should have never been there. Do you know what I mean? He took them to their ceiling. Yeah. And for Tottenham well, he had, he had to Lucas winning, Morris scoring hat-tricks, bro. That's crazy. And for Tottenham <laughs> to start winning, they need Levy to actually start digging into his fucking pockets. So it's, uh, I don't think it's a Poch. I don't think Poch is, the, is at fault for why they couldn't, he couldn't win that. Um, Tottenham. All I'm saying is... But also, um, when it comes to... Because um, you also said that he's somewhat like Potter, but I, I, I'm, not, I'm not hearing that, because I've never heard um, a single player describe, use the words as he's got an aura about him to describe Potter, but Adam Lallana used that to describe um, Poch on their first meeting. So, I don't know, I think Poch is a he's a more of the, like, I think he's a manager that we, we might need, might not want. Do you know what I mean? We might need Poch right now, 
a lot of us might not want him. Yeah. How come we never this? How come we never like held meetings with Zidane? I don't know. What do you know about Zidane? Like I hear like, this is the thing about Zidane, right? People talk about Zidane, but the guy's ducking the grind. He's been running from the Premier League for the past two, three years, so he doesn't want to be in the Premier League because he might get exposed. That's the conversation people don't want to have. That's why he's at Real Madrid, where you know they have the perfect structure. They got all these flashy, flashy galactical players, so he can go over there and do what he does and do the aura thing. But come to the Premier League, hmm, it's going to be interesting. Yeah, um, in as much mm-hmm. as, I, as I also agree with that, I know that's thing you've got to take it to account is that it's not like it doesn't fit the profile of manager that um, that was called the owners are looking for, and also, also most importantly, it doesn't even like fit the the um kind of players we're bringing in, like you know the young players, the the kind of players that need need direction, that need you know um someone to yeah. Zizou can work with anybody. So, oh, 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 where, where, how, what proof do you have of that? It's only worked with, with established stars. Well, what proof do you have that you can work mm. with young players that are up and coming? That's no proof, man. He's only worked with established players and players that are already at the height of, of their career and all of that. So, I mean, you know, so stuff like that, and and I also feel like people that were also calling for Mario and stuff, like you guys just need to understand, like those are not the, you need to accept the fact that those are not the kind of managers, you know, that the owners are after. And if you think about it, like the more, like I said, I think to I said, I said the more you think about the old porch um idea, the more you actually like realize that okay. Considering what the owners are looking for, considering what they are doing, considering the amount of young players are looking to bring in, which is literally the perfect um, manager for them. And it's someone that has proven he can do what they are asking for. So, To be fair, I, I mean, do think the, the month, perfect manager would have been Nagelsmann. But, yeah, but, that bad. I'm just saying, you know what? It might. It, this is probably going to be a case where your expectations are going to be low, and he's going to exceed them anyway. And it's probably going to be a case where he's going to show you why he's actually going to be a good fit. I think he might be a good fit. It makes sense. It makes more sense than getting Zizou. It makes more sense than even getting an Enrique or a Mourinho. And also, I think... No, 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 no. Mourinho always has a home here. Okay. 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 That one, listen. I, Mourinho I, I, could be 96. I will still give him the Chelsea job. 100%. Listen, when it, when it comes to me, I, I, I have to think about this whole excess thing. Listen, as, uh, you can be the best manager. Like, we can't keep going backwards. We have to move forward, in oh, my personal backwards. opinion. Okay. Um, no, nah, we don't do that. Um, Jimmy, you I think keep also, going back. Sometimes it's good to go back. home and visit your parents, bro. <laughs> See, I don't necessarily agree with that, but um, I'm joking. But I, th- I do think that even if Poch is not the guy long term, um, he is the guy who can come steady the ship, get you a couple of trophies, get you near, you know, improve the, the players that we want to improve. And if he's not the dude in, in one or two years, then. You go get that that deserve you. You go get that other top manager that you wanted because you already you already built the squad for the guy. You already know what philosophy you're gonna stick with. So you know. Yo, if that's how I see it. If we actually get deserve you in two years. In two years. years. Oh. 
Oof, beautiful. Granted, that's if the Zerbi keeps doing what he did this year. Yeah. Oh my days, it might be crazy, but I think he might be gone next year. I swear. Yeah, Inter's After already that, in the term of the job. Man said Inter, the guy's gonna stay in the prem. He's going he to takes up Man City. He's going. He's going City, man. The way Pep is talking about him already, I can <clears> tell, <throat> man. It's either him or flipping Xabi Alonso. Let's see how he develops. Oh, yo, imagine Xabi Alonso becomes the top coach. Imagine Xabi Alonso becomes the top coach and then we snatch him up in two or three years. But like I said, either way, we're going to steady the ship, bro. He's good enough to steady the ship. I also believe, I think, he's going to play some ball that people are going to love for the next couple of years. There's a manager called Vincent Copeland coming to the Premier League. Oh, yeah. I'm watching him, too. I'm watching him, too, man. Went from Adnilich, went to Burnley, and then, you know, Doing some things, so we'll see. What two of Pep's sons? Anyways, I know two all of I Pep's know sons that. in the league at the same time is crazy. You know? All, yeah, I, all I know is that um, the day Pep leaves Premier League is the day Premier League will be liberated from that <laughs> from that guy, man. It's all fun and games. It's all fun and games yeah. until Pep leaves and then Arteta goes City. Yeah, that'd be crazy. I don't think that's happening. That would be unfair. Um, I, I don't I don't I don't think that's happening anyways. You know, you know, um, I'm trying to think of like the perfect analogy. You know, like when there's like a gang and then there's some dude who's ruled it with an iron fist for years, and then everybody's rushing for power, and then everybody's finally kind of on the same footing. Not on the same footing, but everybody has more of an equal chance than they did because now Pep isn't there anymore. So it'll be interesting in, in three, four years now. And Tommy says Arteta oh, ain't shit, so I'm just letting y'all know that right now. He said that. Um and it's going to be interesting to see what the Premier League looks like after he leaves because I think in terms of like money, everybody has money now. Everybody's gotten their scout network up and managers in the Premier League, I can name what, at least 10 managers who I think are good to de- decent to good. So, I mean, it's going to be interesting in the next couple of years to well, see scale, who takes it through. We call one of our exes back. Any of them. Which one? Which one? Ponte, I don't know. So, Okay, stop it right there. Listen, we need to handcuff you for saying that. What do you mean by Conte? <laughs> we will I hear you. Tuchel has content. unfinished business. I agree. Oh. Bring him back. Yeah. But, 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 but the thing is that we, with, this, with this owners, I don't see that happening. Like, if the, no, no. <laughs> they'll never take it back. Conte won his with Pep the in the The only man. Come on, man. He knows the game. Um, He's not the only man. Oh, Clock. yeah. Okay. Fair. The Ford Merchant. The only two men that can do it. Yeah. Well, we talk about Pep and him finally leaving the league and stop terrorizing us. That is it for the discourse today about Chelsea Football Club and the Premier League. Um, be on the lookout for next season because me, if I come back, it's not really me. It's the ghost of Wraith who's talking about Chelsea. Not me because my season has ended. Um, the ghost of a ghost is crazy. The ghost of a ghost, yes. The ghost of Ray. Um, so that's it for the Essentially Blue podcast. I had Mr. Abbas with me, Judah, Tommy, the ghost of the ghost of the ghost, and SO Live and Direct. And I'm your host, Wraith Razor. Pleasure having you.